0: This is Cliffcentral.com. Richard, are we on track with the financial pack for my presentation to the board next week? Well, hopefully. The team's very short-staffed, and it's taking such a long time to find a suitable financial manager for the division. We're way behind on all our forecasts and reporting. Why don't you speak to the finance team? They're a consultancy that can help you with an experienced interim financial manager. You can have somebody to help you almost immediately. They'll hit the ground running with no long-term contracts and no upfront placement fees. Go to the finance team.co.za. Welcome to the business section of our business masterclass. I'm Richard Angus, CEO of the finance team, your part time financial executive solution. Joining me in studio as part of our panel is Leandi Stretter, business coach and guide from Racecorp. Welcome, Leandi.
1: Thank you, Richard. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Last week, we chatted to Mark Essie, CEO of DebtIn, a great uh, podcast downloaded from our website if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that yet. Joining us today in studio as one of our guests is Llewellyn Vance, founder of Evolve Technologies. Welcome, Llewellyn. Thank you, Richard. appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for staying on with us from the previous show. So tell us a little bit about Evolve Technologies, what you do, and where the company started, if I'm not mistaken, in 2015?
2: We effectively started
0: trading in 2015. 2015. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Evolve, what you do, really interesting
2: space. (laughs) Very interesting. Thank you um so we we've had quite a journey um, from from the inception of the business, which was originally designed to act as a single service provider to the South African market for the green economy, essentially providing professional consultation backed up with uh, uh, technology that could alleviate energy efficiency, water efficiency, renewable energy, and uh, fulfill the full kind of service stack of uh, consult, uh, recommend solutions, install the solutions, and provide uh, first-line support against that. Um, this was obviously became quite a, a, a compelling need when we had the 2008 electricity crisis, mm-hmm. um, which really put a lot of uh, pressure on the residential, commercial, and industrial sectors. Um, and we saw uh, that there was a high spike in demand for uh, energy efficiency. ESCOM started its DSM program. Um, you had residential homeowners that were panicking because they didn't have backup battery solutions or renewable energy solutions. Mm. Um, Take away someone's hot water and you see how quickly the household uh, (laughs) degenerates into chaos. Um, Mm. And uh, since then, we've also seen uh, the onset of the water crisis. So the business was founded on the back of initially deploying mass rollout projects for leading-edge technologies such as solar thermal solutions. And what we realized in deploying these projects was that we would work with big corporates and we would, uh, uh, develop a campaign that would uh, Convince people to take On a solar water heater And we would go through a one year Exercise of targeting a database And we would find that there would be quite A low conversion rate um, we, we, we didn't find much success in High conversion rates uh, and, and we try to Remove all the barriers to change And the idea for Evolve Technologies was Born out of the learnings from These mass rollout projects where we said Okay instead of pushing one piece of tech At one point in time why don't we put a smart machine-to-machine telematics device in the house that could, A, measure your consumption in real time so that you're not talking about deemed or estimated savings, B, recommend what products you should be converting to, and C, allow you to purchase those uh, those products by yourself online through an e-commerce platform. So we try to create this environment that would allow the user to A, educate themselves, B, um, uh, self-fulfill through personalized recommendations once they had installed the evolved technology Machines machine device. So that's where we started. And, um, we spent quite a few years really struggling with the, the uh, peaks and troughs of, the green economy in the South African market, it, it tended to be quite aligned to ESCOM's load shedding practices. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it was, it was really a very difficult time. I, you know, I thought I had orchestrated stepping out of corporate perfectly to go and develop, uh, this, this, uh, business. And we kind of developed a, 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 a telematics device with uh, Vodacom and Huawei and, um, <laughs> Be an entrepreneur, they said. So step out of corporate, think that we had timed it perfectly and realized that typical challenges started kind of coming in around, A, we didn't go live as soon as we thought we would. B, the cash flow was extremely difficult. And then C, we um, kind of had all the typical growing pains that a normal startup would have. Mm. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, it sounds like you –
2: You've got a few lessons
0: that we're going to get to a little later, <laughs> things that you've learned along the way. So let's just for a moment, take me back to Llewellyn's personal story. So you talk of your stepping out of corporate. Tell us a little bit about your background, Where you, what you did prior to Evolve.
2: So prior to Evolve, when mm-hmm. I left school, I went and um, I, I did a, uh, studied a degree at uh, Tswana University of Technology. I got a bachelor's degree in environmental health. Um, leaving that, that, uh, university, I went and became an occupational health and safety consultant. Mm-hmm. And, um, what we were doing there is essentially going into industry and determining how compliant a, uh, company was with the OSH Act. Um, and part of that job touched on energy efficiency and that's where I developed a personal interest. I've always been very environmentally focused and orientated. Um, that allowed me to touch on energy efficiency. This is going back to 2007. Um, South Africa only really had the crisis in 2008. So I I'd, I'd kind of had enough of occupational health and safety. Said I want to go into the energy efficiency arena. There weren't really any jobs or technologies around that. Uh, contacted the Department of Minerals and Energy and I got put onto a company that was bringing the first energy efficiency lamps through to South Africa. Um, That was very exciting and challenging in its own right because now we had to try and convince big corporates and create this new market to convert from incandescent to energy-efficient lighting solutions. And the way that we did that was through the development of return-on-investment models, going to a full energy-efficiency audit of the building. And Mm -hmm. um, as we converted them, we could show a strong return on investment, especially with your bigger corporates. We did a lot of work for Investex, SASFIN. Uh, Ernst & Young. Um, and once the people that were in charge of the finances saw the the benefits, it became a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, developed a lot of experience in the energy efficiency space there. Got headhunted to join a company called Innovation Group uh, to head up the Alternative Energy Division. Uh, over there, we did mass rollout projects with the Central Energy Fund, Investec, um We did some stuff with the city of Cape Town, APSA. And that's where we really developed a lot of learnings around what works when it comes to trying to convert people to leading-edge technologies. And there's a joke that we have, leading-edge is bleeding-edge. And it's really because – there's barriers to change. It's educational process for the end user. Um, there's a, a capital investment and people would much rather buy a plasma TV than a solar water heater. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, mm, let me rethink that one. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, you're on yeah. the
0: losing edge <laughs> yeah. on that one.
2: So, uh, really cut, cut my teeth in, in, in the, the green economy. Um, to be quite honest, Practically went broke uh, my first year on my own, um, had a fallout with a business partner um, and really had to rethink my strategy as to how am I going to make this sustainable? And right. ex- you're
0: in a sustainability business that doesn't feel too sustainable, eh?
2: <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. I mean, I, I recently completed and I was blessed to have an opportunity. Uh, J.P. Morgan and Gibbs, they have a program which is targeting businesses within the green economy. And at my lowest point, this opportunity arose and um, it was a fully funded uh, scholarship for a one-year uh, acceleration program for the business. And, um, I took, I I took this opportunity, uh, with, without any hesitation. I was lucky enough to be accepted. And doing that course over the past year really helped me relook at my business and where I should be focusing. Parallel to starting this course, I started consulting. Um, to bring in consistent revenue because selling, uh, leading edge technologies in the green economy, it just wasn't giving me the consistent cash flow. And there was a lot of inherent challenges and I was literally at a point of deciding whether or not I should go back into corporate. So I've started the Gibbs program and, um, I started consulting, but consulting in the Internet of Things arena because Mm. having developed this product with Vodacom and Huawei that we were deploying into households to provide real-time insight, the ability to remotely control geezers and switch things on and off, we had stumbled into the Internet of Things space Mm. and um, started consulting. And while I was on the course, realized – hold on a second. There's this emerging market called the Internet of Things. Um, I'd spent a lot of money developing a software platform that was integrating different technologies and realized we had a core competency that we had developed within the IOT arena. And, uh, that's kind of where we are right now. And we have really elevated the strategy, the, the one year course with Gibbs and JP Morgan. Uh, we were quite, uh, successful in completing the top five within the, within that course. Mm, and
0: congratulations. Um, it's great. to hear.
2: Yeah, thank you. And uh, it really kind of gave us an elevated strategy for our business which went up a level looking at the internet of things holistically with the green economy being a market vertical focus with a clear business model designed around it. And that's yeah. currently where we sit as a business.
0: Okay. Now the the interesting thing for me I mean as I as I listen to you is you know I, I always think to myself you know it's it's easy to build a business in an established market. You know, the mm. you know, the good old uh Henry Ford scenario right. of now you you're developing the first car, you know, and yeah, you know, so what if it was black? The reality was most people had a horse drawn carriage. So the idea of a car was just like so foreign to to that. As you step out into this world, you're now let me call it the bleeding edge technology orientated business that's providing a very unique and let's call it first-to-market type of service, in of of this type in this space at this sort of level. How how does the market respond and react? Does it is it is it a little bit of like almost awe and disbelief and let me call it
2: scepticism? How does that play? It's a it's a very good question. So I look back and. A lot of the frustration I had with the low conversion rates in the green economy really actually prepared us for this new emerging market, which is the Internet of Things, because the same principle applies, which is uh, really educating the client about new technologies and new way of doing things. So my personal view is right now as a business, we are very well positioned to be a single service provider that drives very core methodologies and principles into our client base uh, when it comes to engaging with them, helping them understand what it is that we can do for them, and um, a, a, a strong team that would provide a clear service to deliver on the conversion to the new technologies. So we've really Develop some core principles within the business that try and streamline that process and make that sales cycle uh, as as short as possible. Um, Because a lot of the bigger deals that we're dealing with are complex deals. Mm. And um, I think we've cut our teeth. We've learned our lessons and um, we're now applying those learnings to this new, this new, this new market.
1: Mm-hmm. So, just from an entrepreneurial perspective, you you know South Africa is in a very interesting space where we 're busy um, from a macroeconomic perspective, igniting or looking at igniting or trying to ignite and build sustainable small businesses and you know we, we from a perspective of where i 'm from at RaceCorp at the moment, we look for certain characteristics in entrepreneurs but what i 'm hearing also is that you know Being at the cutting edge of things, being at the front, at the forefront of new technology and new offerings and person basically also being at the point of massive shift and tipping. How difficult is it to run a business in that kind of environment versus a more traditional business? And what does it take from you as the leader of the business to keep it all together and to continue inspiring the team in order to Not just deliver a product, but in your instance, there's a lot of client engagement uh, for market readiness.
2: Sure. Tenacity. It really comes down to tenacity. Um, There's probably several times when I've re looked at what it was that I'm doing and, you know, kind of said, why am I struggling like this? I could easily step into a corporate job. Um, You know, I think a lot of people see the title as being an entrepreneur, as this flashy uh, kind of Mm. way of life, uh, which is, (laughs) you know, um, I think over glorified. You have to have the right attitude. You have to be tenacious. Um, I think – if I look at what's gotten me to this point, is that self-belief, and then a little bit of help. You mm. know, uh, I think you you have to realize how difficult it is just being an entrepreneur in general. Um, right. And uh, there's a reason why there's such a high failure rate. and people completely underestimate what it takes and how dynamic you have to be right. to get the business past that three-year mark. Right. Uh, because you have to be everything to everyone. You're mm. playing multiple roles within your business and to be able to do that you have to be quite a dynamic individual so i think from my side there's things that i've been very good at Um, even now we've had rapid growth in the past six months we've gone we're currently sitting with seven employees and Hmm. i'm seeing my role change where i was selling my time as a consultant to now i have to manage my team i have to lead. I have to make sure that we have a, a sales operating plan. I have to make sure that the guys know exactly what they need to do on a daily basis. Um, I have to keep them motivated. At the same time, upskill them to a point okay. where uh, I have a high degree of confidence that they can deliver on what our brand uh, ethos and, and 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 standards are. So to 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 come back to your your point, Leandi, uh, it really does. On the one hand, challenge you, but on the other hand, it also develops you. And if you're able to stick through it and be disciplined and stay focused. And don't be scared to ask for help. Uh, you know, the, the, the JP Morgan Gibbs program, it really helped a lot in, right. in, in kind of helping me extract myself out of the business, look at it fr- from a holistic perspective and make uh, real informed decisions.
1: So my, I'm curious, Richard, from your perspective as well, what kind of help do you think besides asking for capital? Mm. Um, and, um, with your journey, Llewellyn, you can you can you said you know having um, Jade, the program that enables you to step outside. But what kind of help do our entrepreneurs need currently? Small businesses. What kind of help besides capital mm. do we need?
2: So I would say a reality check. Um, there should be there should be a very clear way for entrepreneurs to get guidance as to what they should do to prepare themselves for the journey, because it is a journey. So I've made some fundamental issues in the beginning. Uh, you you tend to have an idea. You get very excited about your idea, and it's almost like the blinkers come on, right? right. And I look at the amount of money I've thrown at trying to develop software platforms that I believed were going to completely revolutionize the world um, without doing much research, to be honest, looking back. Mm. If I had done more research, if I had... Um, consulted more subject matter experts if I had uh, maybe sat down with one or two mentors um, and really fleshed it out before I made the jump that would have saved me a lot of pain a lot of financial strain and I think if if we could have a very uh, open E, uh, entrepreneur type of ecosystem that allows people to share learnings and ideas and really prepare people for the for the journey.
0: I was going to say for me, there's always that whole question of let me call it the network. So that's why many mm-hmm. of the let's me call them and I'm using the term quite carefully here the incubator type environments um, where you, where you get people going through similar type of challenges in their business, working together in, let's call it, shared and common space. You know, lots of people will say, oh, well, it's great. You can get office space for relatively cheap in this X, Y, or Z space. And I'm like, no, forget the right. office space. Mm. It's the network of connections. I mean, mm. I've often sat and been at these events with with entrepreneurs and, I listen to one or two, and they go this, this, and that, and I go, okay. You need to talk from, you know, you need to talk to that person over there, and you need to speak to the person here, and I'll introduce you to the following three people in out there who're not in the room, but I can open the doors for you. and And people look at me and they go, like, how, how do you know? Do I'm like, well, we're all connected, just right. You know, and the, and interestingly, by the way, the thing that I get lost the most, the I get asked the most is. Okay, so what are you going to make on this, or how, you, how what are you going to charge me i 'm like, "Why would I charge you like mm-hmm. I'll just open the door for you and 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 people go they, they have this full expectation right that they have to pay for, for access the- and oh, i And so. I look at this and i go well and and I mean, I can understand why some people yes access isn 't a right it 's a privilege
1: mm.
0: okay, but there is a line of let me call it how you how you manage that access and network etc and and what you should be doing with it just to your point about what entrepreneurs need in my opinion access mm. access to market access to networks mm. access to resources and when i say resources i'm not talking capital i'm talking about knowledge bases people mentors the likes you know the ability to to ask that one key player in the industry that you're in that one key question that you're not going to be able to ask or get an answer anywhere else, and you know you kind of go, hmm, can I actually get that that answer, mm. or where can I get that answer? And right. the reality is, if you're not able to access those people, you start going through your it's called it, your own journey of spend and self-discovery, only to find out what was well known to others. Exactly, so that's always always a challenge. I mean, I I, I guess for me the one thing that I look at what you're doing, and I'm going, this is a very almost, let's call it evolutionary space. Hmm. So you've had a number of challenges that you've you, you've worked through, and you've alluded to, to a few of them. I mean, what, you know, let's flick the challenges around. You know, big business is also out there playing in the same sort of space that you're playing in. What are some of the things that they should be learning right now that perhaps you're kind of going, hey, these are the things that are going wrong out there in that business space right now.
2: Um, So I think the benefit of developing yourself to be a subject matter expert allows you to talk with conviction and understand how to position a uh, piece of technology or a service into a specific vertical. Um, if I look at the market currently, I mean, we predominantly, we, we initially started as a, a, a B2C, a, a business to consumer focus with a mass rollout approach for mm. residential conversions. We've shifted our strategy to a, a business to business approach. And I think both of those industries are seeing a perfect storm with regards to certain challenges that they face. Um, and it has to do with Operational costs and managing operational costs It's about managing your overheads um, And that is directly dependent on uh, uh, certain factors Such as increase in energy, increase in water um, uh, Inefficiencies within the businesses That are uh, driven by manual processes So it varies dramatically depending on on, on the the customer that we 're approaching from a market vertical perspective. but the approach that we take is very clear we go in um, we, we we sit with the client And we normally try and get to the decision maker um, Or key influencer To the decision maker mm-hmm. And we really unpack What are the challenges that they're facing Obviously with them understanding What it is that we provide as a service um, and, and as a company And we try Instead of selling our products to them We try and understand What is it that they are struggling with Where's their pain point And then we start fitting the solution to the need and that's really the approach that we take. And a lot of the time, uh, we, we do uh, that consultation at risk up front um, so that we can really get in front of the customer and engage with them. We then put a, a, a quite a professional proposal together which talks exactly to their business, their need, and it fits the solution to that. Mm-hmm.
1: And also in this, in the, where you are, you're in a very sexy industry at the moment. It's mm-hmm. quite, you know, it's, it's new, it's tech. Um, you're experiencing some magnificent challenges, mm. but surely uh, I think a lot of the, what comes up for me is a lot of the consulting is so important because like we discussed earlier, many of your clients don't necessarily know where to start, particularly in this, in this space, in the, in the era of digitization, um, you will uh, uh you know, you can start at a point, or you do the holistic thing. So, how much value do your clients find with spending, find in spending some time with you to just get an overview and get a get a sense of what all of this is about? Or do you think South Africa, you're, where we are currently, um, the market is quite mature?
2: Are we talking from an IOT perspective or a green economy perspective? Should we say IOT? IOT. Mm. And you
1: can say also possibly from the merge of bringing in the green economy because mm. certainly that's that's where it all began and sure. for you. And, and they do merge and converge there.
2: Mm. So I would say that the, the important part is – really helping the customer see a return on investment before you take them down a path. Okay. Um, and we, 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 we tend to sh- shy away from just pushing product or services for the sake of pushing products mm. or services. Uh, what we've really become quite proficient at is helping the customer see value in what we do and what we deliver, which is backed up with fact. And, um, when we spec a solution, we really will try and uh, unpack what the potential benefit is that they're going to realize by converting to a piece of technology. Um, we're very focused on developing use cases um, and, and, and actual tools that can quantify the benefit. Um, once we have that in place, and if we've done that correctly and if the numbers are, are right, the client will automatically – do a proof of concept. We we like to call it a proof of value because a lot of what we do has been proven. But we'll do a proof of value with them, and we will then be able to show them the actual benefit derived. Because we like to monitor everything, and um, you know that that's the starting point of the journey. Even with uh, with our starting in the in the green economy, the focal point was. We always used to say convert to energy saving lights, convert to solar water heaters. And people would say, well, how much am I saving? I'm working with my utility bill. I can't derive the benefits. And a lot of the times your utility bills estimates from the municipality. So we shifted our whole business model to develop a device that goes in, plugs into your DB board, allows you to remotely see and control your consumption, we threw an analytics layer over that so it can give you predictive uh, 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 consumption patterns and personalized recommendations as to what you should prioritize as your conversion point. And that is the the, the ethos of how we drive our customer engagement.
0: Okay. So as we finish off, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all my guests. The opportunity, and you've gone through a lot from what you've explained, an opportunity to say if I, let's go back three, four, five years, had been out there and had been listening to a radio station and I'd listened to somebody on this show and they would said, be aware of or focus on X, that one thing that if you had listened back then would have made a fundamental difference to something that's happened in your business life and in your journey thus far as an entrepreneur. This is your opportunity to pay it forward Mm. and share that thought with listeners out there. What would that one thing be? Sure. You're putting me on the spot here. I feel like (laughs) I have a
2: handful. Um, Pick one. (laughs) There's many of them. So I think if if someone – I mean people that become entrepreneurs have a passion and they – tend to get very excited about an idea or something that they want to deliver to the market. If there's one thing that I could recommend that could have saved me a lot of time and money, it would be to make sure you do proper market research and spend time planning (laughs) up front and understanding if there is something that you are Trying to deliver if there's something similar in the market, if it's something new, um, don't try and develop a, a Rolls Royce solution upfront. Develop a mm-hmm. minimum viable product mm-hmm. and test it. Bounce it off people. Do proper market research within your core group, within uh, uh, your 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 uh, your bigger network, and get feedback before you take the risk of jumping and uh, completely backing something which you think might be a good idea. Mm. Um because more likely than not, that research and planning and feedback that you get will help you structure the correct way forward mm. and eliminate a lot of painful learnings.
0: So I'm I'm hearing you say to people in a nutshell, look before you leap. Yes. Research before you leap. Mm. And, I, and I, I I always use that analogy of, you know, when you're going to dive into a pool of water, unless it is crystal clear, okay, unless it is crystal clear, you never just jump in head first. You mm. always look, you probe a little, you check out your facts. Entrepreneurship is no different. If the water isn't absolutely crystal clear, and it never is, mm. you should be testing the depth of the water. Don't just jump. Because you could very well find yourself in a puddle an inch deep, or a pool a hundred metres deep, and you don't know exactly. So yeah, that's a and that's a very good uh, insight and a great learning.
1: And yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it still comes down to having the courage to jump. Yes,
0: of course you've got to have the courage Mm. to jump. It doesn't it doesn't help to know that the pool's there. um, And and remember, the
2: opportunity is in the pool, not outside. (laughs) And you're going to have people that say, don't swim. You're going to have people try and tell you how to swim. I think the point (laughs) is… Everybody (laughs) wants to tell you how to swim. Exactly.
1: As long as they don't have to.
2: Yes, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Let's call it informed
0: tenacity. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Thank you very, very much for your time. It's been great chatting to you. It's been great learning a little bit more about your business. And, yeah, I I must say the Internet of Things, definitely something that we need to be thinking about as as the businesses of South Africa develop. That was our guest, Llewellyn Vance, founder of Evolve Technologies. Next up, the Youth Leadership Platform. Stay with us.
1: This is CliffCentral.com.